0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the podcast. Today, I'm going to answer the question that it's the second most common question I receive in, can I improve in the SAT and how? Well, to answer this question, I definitely believe that anybody can conquer the SAT. This is a very formulaic test. I believe that if given the proper strategies, the proper framework, anybody can do very, very well on this test. Because it's not as hard as people believe it to be. So one thing that I've noticed is this is a patterns-based test. So if you can see and recognize the patterns that are running through standardized tests, anybody can do well on this test. So that's why I believe that, let's say you took the test cold, and or a practice test cold, and you land somewhere, let's say in the verbal section, Okay, and by verbal, I mean the reading section and the grammar section. Let's say you land somewhere between 500 and 590. If you're in that range, you don't have to fret. There's ample opportunity for improvement. In fact, I see the biggest score increases from people who are in that range. And the reason why people are in that range, the 500, 590 range, are two things. Number one, when it comes to the reading section, a lot of students are assuming they think this is my opinion and this is how I would interpret these line numbers or the passage so there's no interpretation when it comes to these tests the second thing is they they're oftentimes down to two really great answer choices and they're not sure how to go about it so they'll they'll do a couple things they'll just make an educated guess or you know they'll start dwelling and dwelling and they realize you know they both seem absolutely correct so what they'll do is they'll go back to the line numbers find some keywords and then if those keywords match up really nicely to the answer choice like let's say in the answer choice they see the word Let's say independence. And when they go back to the given line numbers, like let's say lines 45 to 48, they see the word independence. So they, because there's that direct match, people will just resort to just picking that answer. and that ends up being the wrong answer. And so when, and when it comes to the grammar section, a lot of students just sound it out. What sounds good? Now you can get away with that in the beginning, but you can't get a great score if you're just going to sound it out. You got to know the grammar rules and you need to know how these, what they're testing you on. You want to be able to look at a question, let's say question number 16 and say, you know what? They're testing me on parallelism on number 16. On number 17, they're testing me on redundancy. So Half of the battle is knowing your grammar rules, but then the other half is knowing how to apply them. So the reason where why people are in that 500, 590 range is, you know, they're sounding it out and they don't really know what topics are exactly covered. They may have a general idea, but they just need to know that the grammar section is really testing on 15 key topics. So as long as you stay within those parameters, you'll be fine. So, for example, I have a lot of students who, you know, pick a wrong answer because, oh, when they see a comma, you know, they they were told when they were younger, elementary, middle school, like, you pause when you see a comma. And that may be true. But when it comes to the grammar section in the SAT, they don't test on commas and pa- pausing. They do test on commas, but they don't test on pausing. So sometimes students, when they read a question, they might say, yeah, that sounds good. A comma right there, because when I read it, I paused. So that sounds good. So you can't go by sound alone. So if let's say you're in the 600, 660 range. There's also ample opportunity for improvement. Now at this point, if you're scoring in that range, what you want to do is you want to look at your test ideally a recent test very closely and start to analyze it. What are some patterns running through these tests? What kind of questions are you missing? Are you missing those double passage questions? And then why are you picking wrong answers? At this point, you really need to know the why some might some people might say okay as long as i take a lot of practice tests my score will increase and that's true to a certain degree if you take a lot of practice tests you will see some improvement but you may not see the improvement that you want because at the end of the day you have to understand why you are missing and making incorrect choices on the answer key because without that why you might repeat those mistakes so if you're in that 600 660 range Try to see what patterns are flowing through your test and then go from there and try to understand the why. And if you're not sure how to, uh, if you don't understand the why part, ask someone. Talk, talk to a tutor, talk to a peer and try to get some insight on that. Okay. The next score range that I oftentimes see are like the 680-700 range. And their ultimate goal is to get into the 1500 range combined with the math score, of, combined with the math section. And at this point, you got to be really, really, really precise. And oftentimes what I see is they're down to, again, down to two really great choices and they both sound really great. So there could be a couple things going on there. Um, and this is why at this point, I personally try to look at all these questions that they're missing and I generally have a good sense of why students are picking the wrong choices and then I point it out to them. For example, um, I mentioned earlier, you're down to two juicy answer choices. Sometimes they're picking it because, okay, they both sound right, so then they'll match the words. Some students uh, don't realize that maybe they're assuming too much. Other times, uh, they're overthinking the question, so maybe they're missing certain types of questions and they're you know, making some interpretation out of it, but there's no interpretation in the SAT. So there could be a whole host of reasons for why students are missing questions, but the key is you got to understand why you're missing it and precisely pinpoint what types of questions you're missing. And usually, if you're missing a few questions in grammar, that can be easily overcome. There's definitely go-to strategies that anybody can use to get to the right answer. Because at the end of the day, grammar is just memorization and you got to learn how to apply it. So I definitely feel like grammar is, it's faster to improve in grammar. Reading might take some work, but it doesn't take a whole lot of work to improve. So the conclusion is the SAT test is a formulaic exam. And there are patterns going through every single exam. So once you recognize these patterns, the test is much easier. I once had a student who told me that this the SAT reading section felt like a middle school reading comprehension exam. I think that might be an exaggeration, but I think the point he was trying to make is, hey, this test wasn't as hard as I thought. As long as I know the right approach, I can, this is this is this is actually quite manageable so and it definitely is this is not a hard test you know you got to factor in things like timing and pacing once you get the fundamentals and the strategies down then you got to start practicing at this point and see what kind of issues come up are you having timing issues you get nervous um, so that's where practice tests come in but you got to understand why you are making certain mistakes and why you are picking answer choices I once did an extra exercise, when I took took the SAT in high school, I had a string of problems wrong, probably like five in a row. And I was, I was, I was taken, I was confused. I was like, why did I miss so many questions? So I remember I took out a sheet of binder paper and, you know, I started writing out my reasoning process. Um, So for example, like number one, I picked B because I thought that and then, you know, the next question, number two, I picked D because I felt that. And when I look back at my binder paper, for me, this was my pattern. I All of them said, for every single question I wrote, I felt, I thought, I believe. So for me, my problem was I was taking too much of a subjective approach to the SAT. And so once I figured that part out, that's when I started to see a shift in my test prep. So that's when I started to see a big increase in my scores. So now everybody's reasons for picking wrong answers is different, but that is definitely one aspect of it. Um, And I find that other students were making the same things, same mistakes that I was. So keep that in mind um, and know that this test, anybody can improve on this test. So you just got to work at it and know the whys. The second thing I want to discuss is what are some effective study habits when you're preparing for the test. So in the beginning, do not assume that taking more practice tests will automatically cause your score to naturally go up. Now, the first test, you're going to probably take it cold without any prep. Now, if you take the second test, your score will probably go up just because you're, you've acclimated yourself to the test a little bit more. So you're going to see an increase there, but don't assume that, you know, by just kind of putting yourself in a testing room environment, you're going to, you know, start to see some improvement. You will, but you you still want to probably get to a certain point. So don't just assume that practice tests are an important component of test prep, but you got to get all your fundamental strategies and frameworks down first and then start practicing. Okay. Um, so what you want to do is after you take, you know, one or two practice tests, go through the test. What are my weaknesses? Am I missing probability questions? Why am I getting them wrong? And then figure it out now. And you want to be really, really organized because I feel like if you don't take an organized approach to learning and, and to, to the SAT, it's gonna feel somewhat cluttered in your mind. So one thing I do is I create a document, Google Docs, and every time I learn something from the SAT, I write it down. So for example, I wrote on my binder paper that I have a tendency to be really, really subjective when it comes to the test. So avoid this at all costs. So another document might say, hey, I'm, I tend to pause a lot when I see commas but I know that that's not tested on the SAT. Having that sheet of paper, and it could be one page, two pages, three pages. I once had a student where we wrote almost eight pages of notes and it's basically your personalized cheat sheet. It's an organized place for you to kind of jot down why you're getting questions wrong. So that's really handy because High school students are busy. They have a lot of things going on, and they may not always remember what they learned a month ago. So, having that organized document, uh, laying out all the reasons why you got it wrong, or things that you got to have to remember for yourself, or math equations, math formulas, or just notes in general, that's a great way to keep organized so that you can remember all the, all your, all the lessons that you've all your key takeaways. Okay. And then memorization, unfortunately, um, is a part of this test. You got to memorize certain things. I mean, it may not be the best way, you know, memorization may not always be a good thing, but when it comes to this test, there are some things that you have to memorize and especially the grammar section. So keep that in mind. And so once you review your notes, commit them to memory, once they've crystallized, then start, continue to take time tests. So in short, today I talked about can I improve in the SAT? And my answer is an emphatic yes. Anybody can do well on this test, okay? So if you're in that 500, 590 range, know that you can definitely improve. And even if you're in the 600, 660 range, there's still room for improvement. And even if you're in that higher range of like 680 to 710, um, you got to get really extra precise there. But even there, students can improve. And just make sure that when you're studying, don't just put yourself in testing situations. Understand why you are missing those problems. No know that. I think that is really the key and jot them down in a Google doc or on a sheet of paper somewhere so that you have a list of key takeaways that you can remember as you take more practice tests. So I feel like that is one of the best and effective study habits that I've personally seen for the SAT. So I'll see you guys in the next episode and have a great day.